seated. How's everybody doing tonight? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. Okay, uh, just uh, for your own sake, if you've got your, uh, your uh, mobile phone turned up, you might want to turn that on silent. Um, we are going to have some quieter moments in the service tonight. And uh, it's great to be here. I have had, I, I think this is probably one of the most um, uh, enriching Advent Christmas seasons that I've ever been a part of, uh, for a whole bunch of reasons. And if you want to know why, you can ask me later. Uh, but it has been really extra special uh, for me, and I hope for many of us. Um, we just sang a song about joy, and that is one of the themes of this time of year, is joy. Um, and yet we know that there's a lot of people who don't experience joy at this time of year. There's a lot of people who are hurting a lot of people who've had very uh, difficult um, diagnoses from their doctor, uh, people who've gone through perhaps um, a broken friendship, relationship, uh, uh, difficult family life, and that sort of thing. We hope tonight, if that is one of you tonight, uh, I hope that something tonight will speak to you and encourage your heart. 
and uh, help you to know uh, the reason for the joy that we have, and that is Jesus Christ himself. I just want to read something to you that I came across years ago, um, and this particular uh, passage that I'm going to read you, it's not from the Bible. This was written by a very well-known pastor and author uh, by the name of Chuck Swindoll. And I'm going to make just a few edits to Canadianize it a little bit. But it goes like this. If we had had CNN back in 1809, the evening news broadcasts would have concentrated on Austria, not Britain or America. The attention of the entire world at that time was on Napoleon as he swept across helpless hamlets like fire across a Kansas wheat field. Nothing else was half as significant on the international scene. The broad brushstrokes on the historian's canvas give singular emphasis to the bloody scenes of tyranny created by the diminutive dictator of France. From Trafalgar to Waterloo, his name was a synonym for superiority. At that time of invasions and battles, babies were being born in Britain and America. But who was interested in babies in bottles, cradles and cribs while history was being made by Napoleon? What could possibly be more important in 1809 than the fall of Austria? Who cared about English-speaking infants that year when Europe was in the limelight? Somebody should have. A veritable host of thinkers and statesmen drew their first breath in 1809. William Gladstone was born in Liverpool. Alfred Tennyson began his life in Lincolnshire. Oliver Wendell Holmes cried out in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Edgar Allan Poe, a few miles away in Boston, started his brief and tragic life. A physician named Darwin and his wife called their infant son Charles Robert. Robert Charles Winthrop wore his first diapers. A rugged log cabin in Hardin County, Kentucky, owned by an illiterate wandering laborer, was filled with the infant screams of a newborn baby named Abraham Lincoln. All that and more happened in 1809. But who cared? The destiny of the world was being shaped on battlefields in Austria. Or was it? No, indeed. Only a handful of history buffs today could name even one Austrian campaign. Maybe some of you here tonight can. But who can measure the impact of those other lives? What appeared to be super significant to the world has proven to be no more exciting than a Sunday afternoon yawn. What seemed to be totally insignificant was, in fact, the genesis of an era. Go back 18 centuries before that. Who could have cared about the birth of a baby while the world was watching Rome in all her splendor? Bounded on the west by the Atlantic, on the east by the Euphrates, on the north by the Rhine and Danube, on the south by the Sahara Desert, the Roman Empire was as vast as it was vicious. Political intrigue, racial tension, increased immorality, and enormous military might occupied everyone's attention. Palestine existed under the crush of Rome's heavy boot. All eyes were on Augustus, the cynical Caesar who demanded a census so as to determine a measurement to enlarge taxes. At that time, who was interested in a young couple making an 80-mile trip south from Nazareth? Who could possibly be more important than Caesar's decisions in Rome? Who cared about a Jewish baby born in Bethlehem? God did. Without realizing it, mighty Augustus was only an errand boy for the fulfillment of the prophet Micah's prediction. He was a pawn in the hand of Jehovah, a piece of lint on the pages of prophecy. While Rome was busy making history, 
God arrived. He pitched his fleshly tent in silence, on straw, in a stable, under a star. The world didn't even notice. Reeling from the wake of Alexander the Great, Herod the Great, Augustus the Great, the world overlooked Mary's little lamb. And it still does today. And we are going to invite you to stand with us again. And we're going to have a little fun with this one. By the way, how many of you came late tonight? You know who you are. So I, I, I did read this somewhere. Uh, studies have been done to show that people who are habitually late live longer. <laughs> they have lower blood pressure, and that's why they live longer. But they give everybody else high blood pressure, and they die younger. Mary's boy child, Jesus Christ, was born on Christmas Day. And man will live forevermore because of Christmas Day. Mary's boy child, Jesus Christ, was born on Christmas Day. Hark now hear the angels sing, a king was born today. And man will live forevermore, because of Christmas Day. Mary's boy child, Jesus Christ, was born on Christmas Day. While shepherds watched their flocks by night, they see a bright new shining star. They hear a choir sing a song, the music seems to come from afar. Hark now, hear the angels sing, a king was born today. And man will live forevermore because of Christmas Day. Mary's boy child, Jesus Christ, was born on Christmas Day. For a moment the world was aglow, all the bells rang out, there were tears of joy and laughter. People shouted, let everyone know there is hope. For all to find peace. Hark now, hear the angels sing. A king was born today. And man will live forevermore. Because of Christmas Day. Mary's boy child, Jesus Christ, was born on Christmas Day. Now Joseph and his wife Bethlehem that night. They found no place to bear her child. Not a single room was inside. And then they found a little nook in a stable all forlorn. 
you to get the wrong song in mind, but this is a song that I think everybody knows. At least you know the first verse, and we want you to join us on this. And by the way, that's Pat Moore over there on the electric guitar. This is Nathan Snow on the bass and the congas, and this is uh, me. <laughs> this is Ivan and Carol on the vocals and my wife Colleen on the keyboard. Satan's power. 
God was on full display. Where love outweighed the crimson stain, the sin which made communion with God impossible. This death, this stench sent from the depths would no longer be left to permeate the hearts of man. The Creator was longing for his creation. For on this day, love made a way for grace to take away, erase, replace our brokenness. For God so loved the world, he sent his only son, the promised one had come to change our eternity moment in Bethlehem in a lowly stable under a starry sky Jesus was born our Savior our Messiah grace 
in a manger.
Pat Moore. Thank you. Thank you, Pat.
Father, we thank you tonight for your son, Jesus, whom you sent into the world, who wrapped himself in human flesh, although he lived from all eternity. And you sent him, Father, because of your love. And Lord, in a world that is filled so much with hatred and with strife, and with violence, I pray, Father, that you would help us, those of us who are here tonight, those of us who are gathered in places of worship, to be people of peace. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus so that just as he was born into this world, we can be born again into your kingdom. And so, Father, tonight we thank you for these songs that we've sung together, and we thank you for this message that Pastor Blaine will bring to us. We pray for him, Lord, as he talks with us. We pray, Lord, that you, that you would give each one of us understanding about what you've given for him to share with us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Just give me a moment. Okay. Hey, look at all these people. Yeah, look at all these people. They're here for one reason. I know. Do you know what the reason's for? To celebrate my birthday. No, 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 no. Not to celebrate your birthday. This is Christmas. Do you know what Christmas is all about? Yeah. What's it about? Deck the halls with dells of holly, tis the season to be jolly. Dawn we now are gay of herald, Santa Claus is coming to town. Jingle, jangle, jingle bells, dancing through the snow, and a far tree in a fair tree. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. It's beginning to look a lot like Toyland. Jingle, jangle, jingle bells, dashing through the snow. And a partridge in a hair tree. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. No. <laughs> yes, no. That's not what Christmas is all about. It isn't? No. It's a very, very, very special time. And you know, you know, let me see here. By the way, how come they're not singing happy birthday to me? Well, you know, Sam, uh, it is his birthday. Tomorrow morning uh, will be his 45th birthday. Can you imagine? He's aging pretty well. Better than you. Hey, listen, listen. You had hair when I first came on the scene. Yeah, well, we won't talk about that. Do you know what this is? Can you read? If you can, I can. Okay. <clears throat> What's it say? Holy the the stop it. What? You're making those people think I can't read. Okay, read. Holy Bible. Holy Bible. That's right. Well, do you know what? Down through history, God provided us with a road map. And this is the road map. And you know what he told foretold of 
various signs and conditions through his prophets. And these prophets spoke of things that humankind should watch for so that the Messiah would be recognized and believed when he came. And these signs or prophecies were given to us in the Old Testament. So I'm going to put you over here and just explain this, okay? All right. And no talking while I'm up here? Okay. Promise? It's up to you. Oh, okay. All right. Let's see. By the way, I can do ventriloquism and I can talk without moving my lips. Well, listen. Uh, I don't want you talking, okay? No, okay, see, I can talk without losing my lips. Oh, very good. Well, you know, some people think this book really doesn't have anything to say to them today. It's just no value. It's just empty pages. But there are other people that think, you know, that maybe in here there's a lot of stuff, but it's old. It was many, many centuries ago. It was written by 40 different authors over a period of 1,500 years. And that, how could that be relevant to us? It's just, you know, nothing but black and white. But you know what? This is more than that. This is a roadmap, a love letter from God, and it is filled with life. It is filled with uh, directions on how we should live, and it gives us purpose. And as we look at it, it's filled with life, and it's filled with color. It's not just empty pages. And you know what? It contains in the Old Testament, and it's, it's made up of two different get the right things out here. There's an Old Testament, and um, this was written um, before Christ, and we'll let this pom-pom represent God. And you know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and then he created humankind or men and women because he wanted to have fellowship with them, but that fellowship was broken. And because the fellowship was broken, God made a promise. He made a promise in the Old Testament. 300 promises about a Messiah that would come. And that this Messiah would restore this broken relationship. And so we read in the Old Testament, it said in Isaiah 7.14, All right then, the Lord himself will choose the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. And then in Micah it says, But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, are only a small village in Judah, yet a ruler of Israel will come from you, whose origins are from the distant past. And so in the Old Testament, they're talking about this young virgin who is going to bring forth a child in the town of Bethlehem. What are we talking about today? We're talking about Joseph and Mary going to Bethlehem. And here it was foretold in the Old Testament years and years before. And in Isaiah, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom 
establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So Joseph, being of the lineage of David, took Mary on that 70 or 80 mile journey to a little town of Bethlehem from Nazareth where she gave birth to him. And it says in Luke, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And so in the New Testament, and the New Testament is all about Jesus. And this represents the red represents Jesus because he came as the sacrifice, but he also came as the savior of the world. And this green represents you and me. And God wants fellowship with us. Well, the yellow pom-pom, as I said, represents God. The blue one represents humanity because Adam and Eve blew it in the garden, didn't they? And they sinned against God. Well, you put them together and we have the Holy Bible. And I just need you to help me here. I want you to give me one clap when I say this. In order for this to work, you have to do it. Are you getting ready? One clap when I say clap and clap. Okay, it works. And what did we say? We said that God sent his son Jesus into the world. Why? Because he loves us. And he wants this broken relationship to be restored. You see, God created us for fellowship with him. But it was sin that broke that relationship. So God sent his son Jesus into the world. And Jesus, because Jesus came, do you know what he does? When we accept that gift that God has given us, the son Jesus, uh, the source of salvation and redemption, our relationship with him is restored. You see, when we accept Jesus Christ, the gift of salvation, when we accept him, that relationship with God is restored. And that's what Christmas is all about, folks. It's about the gift that God has given each one of us. Sam, what do, you, what, do you, what do you think of this story? Do you have a different understanding now of what Christmas is all about? Can we just, uh, just give me? Listen, the next time you stick your hand in my back, warm it up first. Okay, <laughs> I will. Anyway, you're so cool. Thank you. Handsome. Thank you. Knock it off. What? Don't be putting words in my mouth. Okay, let's see. Well, you know what? God gave his son. And one of the most famous, famous verses in the whole Bible, I think, is John 3.16. Do you know what it says? I do. You do? Well, if you do, I do. Okay, let's try it. <clears throat> do you have a cold? No. You? Not if you don't. Okay, here we go. For God so loved the world... For God so loved the world. Do you know what? That was the greatest love that was ever, ever shown. And he gave us the greatest gift that was ever given. Because for God so loved the world, he gave... His one and only begotten son. His one and only begotten son. The greatest, greatest gift. That whoever believes in him will not perish... 
That's a great promise. That is. That's one of the greatest promises and the greatest hope. For God so loved the world, greatest love. He gave his only begotten son, greatest gift. And whosoever believes in him will not perish, greatest promise. But have everlasting life. That's right, everlasting life. So that means that's the greatest hope. And we talked about hope, hope on the wall over there this year. We've talked about uh, the love that God has given us. We've talked about the peace and the, that we can have and the joy through faith and trusting in God, right? So now do you have an understanding why all these people came here tonight? They came to celebrate. They did? They came to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And the gift of salvation. Well, that's a worthwhile cause. It is. But I wish they would have come to celebrate my birthday. Will they bring me presents? I don't think they'll bring you presents. Have you got a present for me, Brian? Brian, do you have a birthday gift for me? <laughs> You're afraid to answer, aren't you? You're just so enamored with me. I bet you'd like to be like me, wouldn't you, Brian? You're already the king of the dummies. Hey, no, don't. Don't say that. He's not a dummy. Okay. Say goodnight to all. Merry Christmas, everybody. And a happy new year. They're a nice crowd. Yeah, they are. Here tonight is, I think, would that be you, Reverend Griffin? 99? Did that make you feel like a kid again? I think so. I saw you smiling. Okay. Uh, Pastor Blaine, thank you so much. And uh, that's a pretty clever dummy. Okay, we're going to start winding things up here tonight. We know you have plans. Um, Jesus said of himself, and this is found in John chapter 8, the Gospel of John in the New Testament, ch chapter 8, verse 12. He said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And I know there was a period of time in my life when I walked in darkness and I had no hope. But Jesus came to bring us hope and he came to bring us light. But then he said, in another place, in the Gospel of Matthew, he said, you are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men, before people, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And so tonight, symbolically, we are going to let our light shine. I'm going to go over here and light this candle. I will light Pastor Blaine's candle. And then, Pastor Blaine, if you could light Yua's candle, who's sitting right behind you, and then Yua can light my sister Pat, and Hang, who's behind you. And then everybody light the person beside you and the person behind you, and then we'll get it going row by row. And Pastor Blaine, if you can go to that section. And so light the person beside you, if there is someone, and the person behind you, and then I'll start us over here. Again, person beside you, the person behind you. 
even if you have to get up out of your seat to get the person behind you, that's okay. Um, when you light the candles, these will drip down and they can burn you and uh, make a real mess too. So here's what we ask you to do is once your candle is lit, hold it up straight. The person you're lighting should bring their candle, their unlit candle, to yours this way. So then they won't drip all over the place. Did I do well? Thank you, Blaine. He told me to say that. Okay. And um, then we're going to have the Kwan family uh, perform Silent Night. They blessed us with prelude music today. Uh, but they're going to perform Silent Night. And we're going to sing along with them. And I'm going to invite our worship team singers, uh, Ivan and Carolyn. Um, and the lyrics will come up on the screen for Silent Night. And we'll just sing along as they play. Um, and then Ivan Wong, after the candles are lit, once Silent Night comes to a close, we're going to have Ivan Wong sing O Holy Night for us. Keep your candles lit during O Holy Night. If they get too low and they're starting to cause a problem, you can blow them out. We'll give you permission to do that.
Feel free to raise your candle high if you can do it. Oh, holy night. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared. And the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, go was born Oh night Oh holy night Oh night divine Led by the light of faith serenely be with glowing hearts by his cradle we stand so led by light of a star sweetly gleaming here came the wise men from orient land the king of kings Lay thus in lowly manger in all our trials, born to be our friend. He knows our need to weakness is no stranger. Our brother, and in his name 
all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy in grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us praise His holy name. Christ is the Lord. Oh, He sing together in closing joy to the world please remain standing and join with us joy to the world the Lord is come let earth receive her King let every heart prepare and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. No more let sin and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to me. Blessings flow far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as, far as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders wonders of his love wow and i think we even have one minute to spare i just want to wish all of you uh, a merry christmas i know it's still early we have uh, plans and i know there's time to go out for chinese food after the service um, now, I just want to say thank you to some folks, uh, to the folks in the back. Uh, Dale Perry uh, was not able to be here, but he uh, oversees our audiovisual team and production team and all that, uh, but they had family plans, but he helped us get ready for this last night at our rehearsal. Uh, we've got um, 
Jay and his dad Mark in the back there. We got Stephen Pridgen, who's been here all day, uh, just kind of getting things ready for us. Uh, we got my wife Colleen and myself and all the worship team here. The Quan family, didn't you enjoy them? Okay, yeah, the violin and the cello with the piano. And then uh, my good friend Pat Moore uh, just kind of came in. He was kind of a late entry, but sure enjoyed that electric guitar. And that, that solo, wasn't that fantastic on the acoustic? Whoa. And Nathan Snow, yep, Carolyn, Ivan. Uh, did I forget anybody? Pastor Blaine, of course. That was wonderful. This guy, you know, he, he does it all, really. Uh, but thank you so much, Pastor Blaine. And I uh, hope I didn't miss anybody. Did I leave anybody out? Okay. Well, God bless you all. Let me just close in a prayer of thanksgiving. Father, thank you so much for this season. And Lord, once again, I pray that we would bring joy to those who have, don't have it, to those who are struggling, to those who are suffering, to those who are lonely, to those who are sick. Lord, may we bring light and life into their lives. And Lord, as we have just symbolized with these candles, may we be the light of the world that you've um, uh, made us to be, Lord. May we not hide our light. May it shine brightly in this world that is filled so often with darkness. And Lord, help us to light a candle in the darkness everywhere that we go and to bring hope and to bring joy to those around us. Thank you, Father, for your son Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. God bless you all.